With World Press Freedom Day on May 3, just on the horizon, a global celebration that's coming home to the Namibian capital 30 years after the adoption of the Vintuk Declaration, who better to talk to than journalists themselves about their hopes and expectations for media on this important anniversary? This is the second in the Namibia Media Trust's Free Speak three-part series of podcasts on World Press Freedom Day. I'm your host, Gwen Lister, and with me today are Kelvin Chiringa, who is the radio presenter and journalist at Eagle FM, and he hosts a breakfast show uh, titled The Early Morning Scoop, and Sakias Ikela, who is a journalist at The Namibian and also the Secretary General of the Namibia Media Professionals Union, NAMPU. Welcome to you both. Thank you for having me. Thank Gwen. you so much, Gwen, for the invitation. We do appreciate it. Good to have you here to chat about this important subject. First up, if we could talk a little bit about the Vintuk Declaration of 1991 and what it means to journalists. It's always been said it was mainly print-focused, which of course it was, because at that time there was mainly print um, in the media world. But much of its content applies as succinctly today as it did three decades ago. Can I ask you both, what stands out to you as young journalists inheriting this declaration? What stands out to you as key concepts in the declaration itself? Maybe for me to begin with, the, um, the declaration, uh, it sinks its teeth uh, in the concept of media pluralism, you know, that we need to have as many media organizations as possible. Um, you know, having having had experience with countries where you do have, uh, you know, a restriction as far as, you know, getting into that space is concerned, especially when it comes to, you know, uh, radio. Uh, I've had pretty much a whole lot of my educational background really being sunk in Zimbabwe where right. to get, um, you know, a license as a radio operator that's, that's liberal is something that's uh, nearly impossible because the state has a way of trying to and, and has always wanted to control the airwaves. Right. So when you're talking about media pluralism, that, that's, that's a very important concept for me. And also the fact that uh, in 1991 still, the crafters of this declaration had the foresight to see that it's important that we have unions that represent journalists. Very important that we are also in the presence of uh, uh, Mr. Keller there, who's also been quite instrumental uh, in the founding of uh, the union that we have now, of which is the G general secretary. So those are the elements really that stand out. And also to the fact that uh, when the document was crafted, the world was emerging from uh, Cold War politics. Right. That was about the time that the Berlin Wall had fallen. And the greatest headache that a lot of countries had read across the, the world was how do we democratize this space and allow for journalists to operate without fear, uh, you know, and victimization. You, Gwen, you come from that generation, you know, where you, you, you had to literally walk through dead bodies and, and, you know, explosions, bombs and all that. So that really stands out. The fact that you also stood for journalists by that time that were detained to say we need their immediate release. For me, that was a far cry right into the sense of time, right into the future, to speak to future generations to say, no government has the obligation to arrest a journalist for simply doing their job, right. because journalism is not a crime. Right. Kelvin, perhaps I can quickly add before we hand over to Saki, that one of the crafters of the Vintuk Declaration and later founder of MISA was indeed one of your compatriots, uh, Vincent Chikwari. 
right. who headed up the Zimbabwe Union of Journalists Zuj, exactly. at the That's time. Zuj, I believe he's late now, but certainly Zimbabwe was well represented. That's right. Saki, over to you. What are yeah. some thoughts about it? Yeah, Gwen, uh, just to add to what Kevin have, have said about the um, independence of, of media organizations, um, for me, I think it's important that uh, the media entities in Namibia operate um, away from the uh, uh, the control of the government right. or either large corporations, um, com- commercial corporations that uh, would like perhaps to, to, to influence the content and the edit- editorial policies of, of, of these institutions. Um, uh, just to add that... Um, the, uh, the, the, the the declaration also protects um, uh, journalists from um, uh, uh, these uh, uh, the, the restrictions, of, of, as, as Kevin has said, and and it, and it, and it also um, um, uh, puts the journalist uh, the, the the duty on the journalist to make sure that the news that they uh, produce is not um, is not going to harm. First of all, to harm right. their, their subjects is not going to 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 to, to prejudice or let's say to uh, to 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 um, I'm, I'm looking for a word, but Maybe yeah. basically prejudice the yeah, public yeah, interest. Preju- or yeah, prejudice like the that. Pri- public interest. Mm. Yeah, that's 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 what I, what I wanted to say. So so it it, it 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 gives back the control or the power to journalists to make sure that whatever they write, whatever they broadcast, or whatever they film, whatever they they they, they produce on, for example, on social media. Is in the best interest and is, is is in the best interest of the public, and it contributes to the development of of, of, of society. Yeah. Thanks for that, Saki. I think you've both raised some very important, lesser-known issues about the declaration. Most people, of course, know it as the declaration which paved the way for a free, independent, and pluralistic media on the continent. And I think it did indeed usher in an era of wider acceptance of these principles. Um, I mean, SADC and the African Union eventually came on board and accepted them. And that's not to say every African country, of course, does uh, practice what they preach. But there were other aspects also of this declaration that are important too and often go unnoticed. It did stress, and Kelvin's mentioned that, the importance of setting up truly independent and representative journalist unions. And that was three decades ago. So 30 years later, the Namibia uh, Media Professionals Union, um, as I mentioned earlier, has got off the ground here in Namibia. And Saki, give us an idea of where you're currently at in regard to this union. Are you making progress? Yeah, we we could say that we are making slow progress. Okay. Um, As you know, that uh, the Namibia Media Professionals Union is the first of its kind to represent of 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 its kind to represent journalists in Namibia. Uh, we just launched um, in November last year, and uh, we are quite still in an infancy, uh, preparing, of course, setting out um, uh, um, several um, uh, structures that we need to create. Sure. Um, and to to kind of um, applying um, uh, to the to, to the Labour Commission because as a union, as a Labour union, you need to be Registered. recognized okay. by the Labour Commissioner okay. so that you be you you operate within. The legal uh, framework of the of the sure. of, of the country. Okay. So we are still at the point of registering with the labor commissioner. Okay. We have filed our constitution already um, last year, somewhere between June and July. Um, but due to the due, due to the COVID nineteen um, <coughs> pandemic, we, we are not. Apparently, the labor commissioner was not uh, able to 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 uh, process applications. Okay. So we, we are still waiting for that, of course, re- recognition. But in terms of um, getting um, membership or getting 
recognition from various media entities that we, we are still in the in the process of, of doing that okay um, uh, and and uh, that is that is where we are now and that process is still uh, as I said a slow progress yeah. but at least progress is being made and progress, it's getting progress, off the ground uh, I can say that progress has, has been made in terms of the fact that we have launched uh, that means uh, a lot to uh, the journalism uh, industry in, in Arabia already. Um, and, and the fact that we have started recruiting members from at, at various institutions that can also be recognized or regarded as progress in, in, in that direction. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for that, Saki. Maybe, uh, Kelvin, to turn to you as a broadcaster, another lesser-known fact about the Vintuk Declaration is that it also really paved the way for the African Charter on Broadcasting, 10 years after the adoption of the Bintuk Declaration. The Declaration itself had, em had emphasized at the time, since it mainly involved print media, the importance of radio and television actually also convening a similar seminar in order to ensure independence and pluralism in this sector too. And we all know the history in Africa of the airwaves, which have always been traditionally tightly under the control of governments. But slowly after the African Charter, uh, radio, much like print, um, began to open up the continent's airwaves. And that was after decades of government control. Radio generally, um, and this is the question I really want to ask you, Kelvin, has it risen to the challenge? Um, do you think it's a solid provider of news and information to the public? given the power of this medium on the continent? Very powerful indeed. Radio is considered to be the oldest social media yep. before the term social media was crafted and before yep. we had these integrated digital communication systems. Radio was there. Just to give a little bit of history, in 1896, a German physicist by the name Heinrich Heitz discovered radio waves. Good it Lord. had to take an Italian to then come up with the first model of a radio. That was in, in uh, 1896, 1895. By 1900, we had the first commercial radio. About the time, two, four years later, we had the first world war, 1904 and two, uh -huh. from, from 1914, 1918. So uh, some few years later, we had the, the first world war. And um, the power of radio was used around the time when you know, countries were fighting you know, at the, at the, at the, you know, in different fronts. And, and after the, the, the First World War, we saw uh, Nazism in Germany, where radio was also very, very important. We saw Nazism, fascism in, in, in Italy as well. But uh, right about the time through, if you take a look at the first through the, the Cold War politics, you know, the Cold War period, right. that was about the time that um, the winds of change were now blowing through Africa and the need to propagandize the masses in Absolutely. terms of them understanding what the struggle was all about. Absolutely. Radio came up to that task to say this is the medium to make use of because you're speaking to a population that is in the rural areas. You're trying to create that revolutionary vanguard which mm -hmm. comes from the rural areas. That people who don't have access to the newspapers which are in the cities and towns. And about that time also you could, you t you, you, you could see that because of the power of radio, the powers that be could not allow the, you know, the independent exactly, uh, you know, to, you know, they couldn't allow right. that. And then you have what what I would rather call uh, exile radio, where the nationalists would then go outside the country, you know, from where they are training, and then they have they have got their own radios there. If you take a look at the narrative around the the, the Cuban Revolution, Che Guevara, Fidel Castro founding their rebelde radio right. rebellion, right. you know, in the jungles, 
in Zimbabwe they had Radio Maputo in Mozambique where they were broadcasting exactly. from exactly and you had one in the UK as exactly I you see yes. and then quite interestingly you look at the new independence dispensation in Zimbabwe you do have certain people certain journalists that cannot operate in that particular country that go to America and make use of Voice of America that go to the UK and make use of other you know these exile radios and they are speaking to to the masses so radio is it's there to stay it is the oldest social media but right. radio along the way has had as it had not yet realized its fullest potential because radio right. was predominantly a platform of entertainment Correct. it wasn't fully exploited by the journalists as a platform Absolutely. on which good point we can then manifest the the the, the, the true form of investigative journalism truly opening the minds of the people. And this space, again, is restricted by, by the powers that be, the weaponization of the airwaves, you know, exactly. countries that have, you know, given licenses so that they can amplify their voices at the expense of other people. But Namibia, being, again, the mother of the Vindo uh, Declaration and being the credo, as I want to say, of right. uh, free, freedom of expression by the virtue of Vindo Declaration, today sees itself as a, on a pedestal, as, as a knight in shining armor, as far as, you know, free press is concerned. Right. It, it's not, by, uh, it's not uh, ironic that we, we have the world converging once again here in Namibia in a few days' time, you know, as, as we will be taking a look at celebrating the Vindok Declaration. So we're beginning to see the fullest potential of radio now, right. that we now having commercial talk radio. Because if you're talking about talk radio, it was understood to be, oh, it's supposed to be a community radio where you talk about your community issues. We're talking about national issues. Correct. We are investigating. We are Correct. opening files and documents. Yeah. We are pinning people to the wall and, uh, you know, asking for accountability, making use of this. And uh, that's why you have uh, Eagle FM coming. And right. then you know, the fact that Eagle FM is there and the fact that we have already trailblazed an indication that other forces are also seeing the power, the fullest potential of radio. And will follow suit. Likely to follow suit, and that's how we democratize, and that's how we build our democracy. So I believe that we are coming, other radios are still coming, but we are there. We okay. have reached the point where we have realized, oh, this is what radio can fully do. Exactly. It's just it a matter of other radio stations. Such an amazing amount of potential. Indeed. I mean, that, that probably hasn't been fully realized. Exactly. And certainly not equitably in all the countries of our continent. Right. But certainly it's, it's, it's a great start. Exactly. And, we are there. And keeping the audience <laughs> is very important. Very right? much so. Because you see, because you're also yeah. competing against social media as exactly. our print. Exactly. And the fact that information has become the new gold, you know, that's the new oil. Information is the currency. People want to know what's happening. So as, as, as the story is breaking, as we are breaking the news, put it on air, people are listening, you're reaching out to right. people who are deep in the jungles, right. deep in the forest, deep in the villages, right. Right. wherever they are, they are able to listen to this and they're able to be at par with the national dialogue. And they are able to also be, uh, you know, to, to, to shape the, the national agenda because radio is two-way. It's exactly. a little bit different from uh, newspapers where you Absolutely. have to wait for, you know, that letter from, you know, from, from, the, reader, from the readers and all that. It's two-way. We are there to agree, to disagree, and to see both, uh, you know, both sides at the exactly. same time. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah. of course, it's as constrained in many ways as print media because, of course, radio can be used and abused. Yeah. And we know from the famous Rwanda example and the Tutu and Hutsi and so on. Yeah. Hutu and Tutsi, yeah. sorry. 
Yeah, no, no. Kelvin spoke about the history of radio, but I, I think he didn't touch about the. Uh, uh, he didn't talk about the history of radio in Namibia because I think Gwen, you you might as well agree that radio in Namibia was also used during the liberation uh, struggle. Um, there, there was, there was. Um, I think it's a one. Uh, is it? Is it an? an um, that radio that was broadcasting from 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 Lusaka. Voice of Namibia. Yeah, Voice of Voice yes. of Namibia. Yeah. Right. During that time, Voice of Namibia was used to uh, to 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 bring the the messages of of uh, the ruling party. Not not currently the, the current ruling party. Right. By that time the liberation was the movement. Li- eh? Yeah, liberation movement Swapo uh, to to Namibia. By that time, so there was no ra- other radio station that was talking about that. Uh, about the, the the voice and the message of the liberation struggle by that time. So I think after independence, then we uh, we got this new radio station that that came up. F- apart from the NBC, we have had uh, commercial radio stations that only, as Gwen has uh, has uh, said, that has um, not really reached up to uh, their potential. They they basically uh, uh, transformed into um, music radio stations. Right, and, and, and I think yeah. part of the reason yeah. why radio yeah. had not yet reached its fullest potential was because the people that were behind the mics, yeah. they were not journalists. That's and they correct. Have not been, they That's are presenters. Correct. You know, yeah. these are people who are into, you know, the superficial elements of society. They want to look at, you know, the, you know, the, the things on top. They, they don't really want to dig deeper. Dig deep, yeah. They are not, you know, your, your hard call blasphemist journalists exactly. and, and as we get more and more of journalists populating that space right. definitely the revolutionization of radio begins to take begins to well, definitely. Yeah. And, it's and definitely and don't yeah. forget ownership plays a very important role as well right um there are certain owners of radio station who don't want to be controversial or right. to go into those difficult areas of politics and they just want to entertain and right. as kelvin said stick to that mandate yeah and and with the birth of Eagle FM, I think um, other radio stations are also starting now to wake right. up mm-hmm. to, to, to to the task and to and, compete and, and also compete big time. Seeing uh, that. Big time. Yeah. FM. And, and we have seen some some uh, newspapers also starting to kind of create um, uh, digital uh, content for, through podcast and through um, um, through through video uh, uh, video and, online. and, 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 exactly. and online content. Right. Yeah. Good. If we if we look at uh, uh, as we've all affirmed several times, um, the United Nations General Assembly declared May three World Press Freedom Day as a result of the Vindic Declaration, and of course it's all happening here in our capital just in a few weeks' time. But I'd love to hear from the both of you. What are your personal expectations of the conference? What would you like to see on the agenda? And what do you see? And whether you see this as a meaningful event for young journalists? And maybe I can start with Saki. Just to ask you, Saki, what, if any, input has your union had on the sort of shaping of this conference, on the process that's unfolding? And uh, uh, perhaps a related question as a union, yeah. even though you're in the early stages, have you reached out beyond the borders to other unions? Um, yeah. Just give uh, us an idea. Uh, to start with, with the preparation of the conference, um, uh, unfortunately, uh, the, the union has not been approached to partner or either to... To be uh, a member of the committees that are uh, that are that are preparing the uh, the conference or the celebration of the of the of the, of the World Press Freedom Day, um, we are still waiting. Maybe those who are in charge of this uh, this event will still pro- probably reach out to us. Right. Um, I hope but, so. But uh, we we have not been um, approached for for anything like that. Um, uh, in terms of our um, uh, our 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 let's say collaboration with um, like-minded unions, as I've. Uh, we have, we have um, after we launched, after we launched in, in November last year, 
we uh, reached out to the International Federation of, of, of Journalists okay, good. Um, to be a member, and then we successfully registered with them. Uh, just this morning, I had, a, I had a meeting with them and talking about WordPress Freedom Day, so oh, the celebration, and um, how the and the working condition of journalists in Namibia, and um, and various issues that touches press freedom. Okay. Um, yes, because uh, I think yeah. they involved in a, in a panel or two. A panel uh, or some two, of yes. the sessions. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So so basically, that's 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 what. Um, we as Namibia Media Professionals Union um, um, uh, stand at, uh, in, in terms of the celebration of the WordPress Freedom Day. Um, uh, just to mention, um, the, the union currently, although we are not involved in the official commemoration of the, the, of the event, of the event we have uh, taken, 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 it up, taken it up on, on ourselves to organize an, an, a sideline event with okay, um, other other um, institutions that that have similar interest to, uh, with, with us mm -hmm. yeah As, uh, for example the internet society of namibia and the namibia um, science and technology uh, university uh, nast so we are going to have kind of a parallel um, uh, commemoration but ours will be based mainly on online platform platforms where we are going to interview journalists, where we are going to have, have plays, where we are going to have um, students of um, uh, journalism who would perhaps, uh, who, who would uh, give us their um, views on the, on the commemoration of the, of the event. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and have various events that, that would, of course, contribute to the commemoration of the event. Great, good yeah. to hear that. Mm -hmm. And Kelvin, what do you, from your perspective, what do you hope to see from this conference and what can young journalists expect to to get from this, put it that way. The, the fact that the world is going to be here. Right. Uh, you know, um, I'm well, looking forward to... some of to it, it's a hybrid conference, of course, <laughs> but so right. not all the boots will be on the ground. Of course, but, yeah. But still, yeah. The yeah. brushing of shoulders between journalists Absolutely. here in Africa and elsewhere uh, should be able to see us in a position creating synergies, synergy corporations. Uh, there was a point when I tried to, we tried to reach out to some media institutions in Kenya and Uganda, okay. seeking to, you know, have a collaborative effort towards the coverage of the Ugandan elections, uh, you know, the, the, one, the, the, recent, the recent ones. And we, we couldn't really establish that because of distance and probably because we're also trying to sniff at each other to say, who are you and exactly. why do you want to do this? Yes. So the fact that we are coming in this space together, I'm looking forward to... Uh, creating those synergies between media houses from one continent to the next, from one country to the next. I'm also looking forward to, um, um, and those synergies also should also uh, center around uh, investigative units, right? If we Absolutely. can come together and collaborate from there. Yeah. And also to robustly and decisively talk about the issue of the access to information bill, uh, okay. which we are struggling with right yes. here in the country. We want that bill to be passed into law. Right. We want to robustly engage government at this particular event so that out of this particular event, we should be able to know when exactly are we going to be having this bill put in, into law. And at the same time, we need to discuss about the issue of fake news. Um, maybe I'll come to it later on okay. uh, when it comes to what we expect from, from I mean, uh, what we expect uh, in terms from of the, the outcome. Right? Exactly. Uh, I'm sure we're mm. coming to that yes. in terms of what was in the uh, declaration uh, th that we didn't see coming out. But this is exactly what we are, we are okay. looking forward to. The synergies, okay. the robust conversations, and yeah. uh, also to uh, 
step into how best can we counter fake news exactly. by the time that, that you is guys a very important yeah, question by, the, by yeah. the time you guys came up with the, with the declaration in 1991 yeah. i don't think fake news was a phenomenon we had lots of propaganda though which there was is a lot more of propaganda. or less the same thing right or more yeah. or less the same thing yeah. but but fake news today is True. something yeah. else and, and 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 how do we define fake news and yeah. who defines it because from a, from a political perspective we have seen the former american president you know defining fake news as something else if you are putting information that is against me that's fake that's news no yeah. matter how relevant no matter the sources you've quoted that is fake news because you are against us exactly <laughs> exactly before i turn to you can i quickly just interrupt right. to say that yeah. just kelvin's point about synergies is very important right with journalists because you know the popular union slogan an injury to one is an injury to all right we all face the same and common problems namibia might be more free than other african nations especially in terms of safety as journalists but democracy is always fragile and things can change right so the better collaboration we have across border uh the better for us all saki maybe if you can just with what you're going to say now just uh let me mention that as kelvin's also suggested the every world press freedom day conference comes up with a declaration yeah. uh that's standard practice and it reflects the outcome of the discussions held during the conference and it's expected that and this is the point i think you wanted to address uh, that the 2021 declaration will take into account the changed and changing media environment in the world not only in africa uh, particularly vis-a-vis digital media which is a more recent innovation and of course maybe you can speak to that what you'd like to see in that declaration especially on i think the subject you wanted to address now the issue yeah, of fake of news, news yes, so. yes. yeah just just to add on what kevin has said already about fake news uh when you of course you uh, you were part of the 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 declaration in 19 when when you came up with the window declaration so when you came up with this declaration there was no social media really at that Absolutely, point. Absolutely. Yeah, even and fake of. news if you if you talk about fake news currently um in 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 today's society you are not, you are not going to talk about so fake news and then you leave out social media sure. because we we have not really seen for example in Namibia or let's say in um Africa we have not really seen fake news being perpetrated in uh, traditional media let's say newspapers as much yeah as much of course there there has been a degree of sure. fake news but not as much as it's is being perpetrated on on social media so Absolutely. for 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 this year's commemoration we would like to uh, to to see um uh, uh, the, the the resolutions on 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 um, how how journalists can be can how journalists can can deal with fake news let's say on social media how uh, not not only journalists but um consumers consumers of yeah, like consumers that. of news and exactly. fact checkers and and um, the general public how they will deal with uh, uh, fake news on social media but in in in, in we what, what i wanted to, to to the point i wanted to drive it is that we would like to see how um uh, uh, journalists and and how media entities are going to deal with the protection of journalists and the protection of uh, uh news on social media yeah. and and we have seen of course in several instances of journalists being harassed on social media by not only politicians but no. by ordinary folk other ordinary folk yeah. other, other, other members of the public who would just go on social media and then uh, discredit certain uh, aspect of your news or let's say certain aspect of your 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 uh, the a piece that you have written just for the sake of it exactly. and they will start of course discrediting and insult and all these other things so we wa- would want to see uh, um, uh, greater protection of of journalists and on on social media and and uh, and how uh, media entities of course would transform 
and will will uh, uh, um, they would would of course um, let's say um, the word uh, <laughs> escape from me. Yeah, yeah. but I, I, but in 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 um, um, maybe while uh, you are you are yeah. processing. Yeah, the, yeah. Let me uh, let me just yeah. process. Yeah. If you take a yeah. look at the manner in which fake news has also been circulating and, and possibly what I would call the disrespect of a journalist a journalist's work. Um, the manner in which social media uh, has a way of packaging content, uh, it can be packaged with the colors, corporate colors, it in seniors of the Namibian or Eagle FM or sure. Informatia, for instance. Yeah, we've and, seen that and, lot, and, yeah. and, and you just have a clip taken and then it's circulating yeah. WhatsApp. Right? Yeah. I think I think we saw it with Informatia recently when we we're sharing it in our group. Where, yeah, yeah, we have seen that a lot. Where, yeah. where, when, when the defense minister resigned. Yes. Informante, I think somebody wrote Abasha resigns. Well, uh -huh. if you go to Informante's page, it says Vilo, defense minister, resigns. Right. So that is already circulating. Yeah. You see, that circulating yeah. it has got the corporate colors and insignias of Informante and people far there who think this is coming from Informante. And Absolutely. that is part of the disrespect and also, you know, the disrespect on the work of journalists. And so also how, the issue of media literacy is exactly. so critical that people just don't have the powers of discernment or sophistication exactly. to know truth from lies. And That's right. this is a problem I think that journalists too are facing, yeah. that we need to help educate the public on what are reliable sources of exactly. information and which are yeah. not. Exactly. But then, you see, we are also dealing with uh, the monopolistic um, power of the owners of the social media platforms. Absolutely. Talking about yeah, Twitter, it. talking about Facebook. There is certain content that you cannot put on these platforms, YouTube. Yeah. Uh, and if that content is 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 contra intra or against what the they perceive to be, yeah. you know, mm. uh, what what they perceive to be orthodox, they can just kick you out or they can just block you if you just say certain asp certain things uh, out of probably you know out of the courtesy of practicing your freedom of speech. You get to be blocked. How do we deal with that? Because these are the new dynamics that are coming Absolutely. in play also, especially where we are. Uh, rigorously debating national issues and we are probably trying to counter uh, conspiracy theories or we are trying to you know put across certain ideologies and certain yeah. you know pieces of information that might not really be considered to be you know uh, something orthodox and and another side might see it as a, as a conspiracy and then you get to be blocked from those platforms how do you how do we deal with that Absolutely. as 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 journalists right across the world well they're big questions yeah. that we'll be facing right. there saki do you want to finish your thought and then we'll go on to the final question because i think i'm getting signals we're running out of time unfortunately yeah no no i i just um, wanted to add to yeah. to Kevin, what kevin was saying was saying about how the owners of of these social media platform controls basically what we put out and how we put it out for example i i remember uh -huh. that the, the for example in the, in the case of the namibian uh, during the um, at the time of uh, the celebration of of Olufuko, I think one yes. of one of those events. Right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, basically, Facebook just blocked some of the contents that we put there because apparently it it, it depicts um, pornography. Uh, uh, pornography. Right. But in in our context, right. it's, it's not pornography because that's a part of a culture or right. a tradition of a or like certain a depiction yeah. of the himba, which yeah. I right. think has also been removed from exactly, social media. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Which is which is a, a, a tradition that has been practiced, let's say, in Namibia, but. It's blocked by Facebook just because apparently it depicts uh, pornography. So how do we how do we now go on and say and and, and deal with uh, let's say uh, that 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 kind of uh, uh, um, I'll say the monopolistic yeah, power. monopolistic power. <laughs> yes, yeah. That's true. They're monopolizing the space. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And it's often it's one of the things I've often thought: Why is it on earth that we are so dependent on these Western-dominated yeah. 
social media giants. Why have we not come up with African alternatives? Right. But that's, I'm not going to uh, get sidetracked, but I mean, why are we not doing something about this instead of we complain, but we don't generate or innovate right. ourselves in this I think, regard? I think we are getting there in terms of, I mean, innovation in, Afri in Africa. We have I seen, so. we have seen, uh, it's just, uh, uh, it's just maybe the, uh, the, 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 how we receive some of the new invention that, that our own people are coming up with. So, we we have seen, of course, some of the uh, um, uh, our, our uh, some of some of African um, um, innovations. Innovations. I've seen a, a that, WhatsApp that have, platform yeah. created by um, okay. an but African. That, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Good. Well, but I'm but it was not received that. with uh, with the same, the, the same <laughs> hype as WhatsApp that came from from uh, from America or let's say in any social media that comes from uh, the Chinese have the, innovated around Facebook. They yeah. do have their own. That's right. Which yeah. Yeah. Facebook which is blocked. Yeah. 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 Weibo or something. Right. Weibo. Yes. Yeah. Guys, as we sort of head towards the end of this podcast, as I say, we can talk for hours. I know there's uh, the fascinating threads that some of you have mentioned that I'd love to take off, but time doesn't permit. I just want to turn to the both of you and ask you, what do you see as some of the major challenges or obstacles that you face as young journalists operating in what is largely a peaceful environment in a country which still, to this point, enjoys number one status in the African press freedom rankings of Reporters Sans Frontier. And I'm going to add just one or yeah. two questions and you summarize uh, towards the end. What is needed to continually elevate the standards of journalism? Because I think yeah. sometimes we tend to get bogged down into solving other people's problems. Yeah. You know, just the question of fake news. Is it up to journalists to have to deal with that whole morass of 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 mess actually that's often going on online um how do we recapture the public attention or appetite for good journalism without resorting to clickbait ourselves because i've seen traditional media now saying okay if that's what it takes to get someone to read my newspaper or look at my online platform i'm going to do the type of stories that people want to consume which is often infotainment and finally is it important to give people what they want rather than what they need? Your last comment, Saki, yeah, yeah, and the, then those, those are quite a number of questions, <laughs> Gwen, But uh, let me let me start with the working conditions of, of journalists in sure, Namibia. Let's say, um, as in as much as we enjoy a free environment that we operate in, there are still certain issues that are let's say overlooked in some in some instances. Mm -hmm. For example, um, um, just last year we had an instance where. Um, a politician, for example, a politician or a government official would just go to uh, a certain media house right. or to a certain journalist and then tell them on how to write their story. Oh, no. Those are instances that we don't want to see in Namibia. No, of course not. Yeah, so uh, apart from that, we have seen also instances where um, some journalists will complain to us uh, in certain groups, in, in certain WhatsApp groups on how, s let's say, their bosses are treating them and how they are... Um, overworked and uh, let's say under remunerated and all these other things sure, so sure. This, some of the these usual. are so, these are some of the things that we need perhaps to look at as namibians as namibian journalists to kind mm -hmm. of improve uh, the working conditions uh, in terms of um, uh, the uh, just 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 recap the, some of the questions i think because uh, well there was yeah. also the yeah. the question of elevating standards of professionalism uh, standards of profession yeah trying to recapture the public attention yeah. um as, as, as we have mentioned earlier about fake news, I think currently journalists need to do a little bit more. Not only journalists, but uh, media houses as well, uh, in terms of remaining relevant, because social media is a, is a fast-moving env environment. 
news come in and then people comment right. they, they don't know what is real news at, at some point and they don't know what is fake news exactly. so we will need to come come up with certain way of of presenting uh, let's say uh, presenting or putting out uh, what what we what we regard as credible and reliable news and and uh, that can be recognized and identified by our consumers as as, as such so exactly. uh, i think i think we i think i think maybe um, um, uh, all news organizations need to have a sort of presence on social media that uh, that their their consumer or their audiences can resonate with and then they can go on and re relate and rely on for news and as you say redevelop that trust and yeah. kind of go to tried and tested sources of information uh, definitely definitely rather than yeah. nonsense rather than sites. just uh, exactly Independent right. Good point. So we're hoping there'll well. be something on the declaration yeah. to deal with that. Kelvin, a few thoughts from you to do conclude. We, do we give people what they want or what they need? Yep. How do we know what people want and right. what people need if we don't ask them? Right. There is a need by media houses to, I mean, they need, there's a need for media houses to conduct research. Exactly. What is it that the people really look up to every morning when they buy the paper uh -huh. or every morning they turn on the radio? What right. are the topics? Because we have preconceived notions and we have prescribed for people in our pursuit to shape the national uh, narrative agenda, yeah. and agenda uh, we have prescribed for people what they want no, we feel like uh, you know over the years we have made it a norm that sensationalism is what sells is what they want you know anything to do with corruption anything to do with something that's bizarre is exactly what the people want yeah. Yeah. you know because that's what we think but Possibly people want more than that. And, and what you regard as serious news is 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 is, 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 is at some point overlooked right. just because of some scandals Tabloid that are journalism. happening somewhere else. Yeah. Yes, exactly. exactly. Yeah. And uh, what didn't stand out in the declaration, which we want to stand out this time around, is the issue of the minimum minimum wage for journalists. We do have a problem where freelance journalists get to be impoverished because there is no minimum wage for them. You know, it, it's something that we have to talk about over a glass of beer. Yeah, not yeah. only minimum, minimum wage, right. but contracts. Contracts yeah. as well. How you do know. you do that, though, in a global context, Kelvin? I think to talk about it. Because, of course, the declaration yeah, is global. Yeah, to talk about it to and, and it to have synergies with the International Labour yeah. Organization. Yeah. You know, from the yeah. perspective of journalists, this is what we're looking for. And if you can maybe champion that for us, if it's Absolutely. possible. Absolutely. Good point. If it's yeah. possible, right? So th those are some of the issues, of course, that we need to look at. But also, uh, how do we improve our journalism? Retraining, of course. We need to retrain. Uh, the experience that Gwen has from the 1980s, 1990s is different now because we are dealing with an entirely different creature in the, right. in the media in the right. media on the media landscape. So we need to do retraining. We need to understand where the wind is blowing in terms of technology and innovation, and we need to go in that direction. For newspapers, you see that you know, we had this you know dark prophecy in 2020 going backwards that newspapers are going to die because corporates are not coming up, budgets for advertisements are falling down. But then, yeah, and, and companies are moving to online, and you're yeah. beginning to see the Namibian is actually taking its content online, having these audio clips, putting them online. The Namibian Sun is having this, uh, you know, adverts being done online. They've got their own teams, you know, advertising on those spaces. So I think we need to retrain. We need to adapt because if you do not adapt, you die. But that also critically, which we haven't covered, really speaks to the issue of sustainability. Right. Yeah. And how, again, I think that's going to be an important discussion right. to have, how we can help good journalism survive. That's right. Uh, is going to be a critical discussion. Um, Saki, last thought, and then yeah. we can have to close. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm, I'm uh, very much interested on, on in the working conditions of journalists. Sure. Uh, as Kevin has said, that we would like um, a resolution taken to either 
the international labor labor organization or maybe that will be taken by of course um some of the, the international federations that we have for journalists sure. for example the IFJ and um uh, many others that we have to kind of elevate that call for media houses or media entities to kind of recognize that as much as we want good journalism from our employee employees we would not get that uh, we would not get that if we have not wages. yeah if they are poor wages, yeah if they yeah. are poor if they are crying right. yeah. we would not that's why we we get some of these claims that apparently journalists are being by, are being paid check uh, the check check journalists yeah, 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 journalist, yeah. Uh, to to write certain news or certain um, uh, to 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 advance certain agendas of politicians or either corporations so i would like to see um, a resolution on the protection and and the improvement of the working conditions of of journalists excellent yeah good um uh, in terms of sustainability i think um uh, we would need to innovate as as uh, media media entities and monetize what we have what, what we put out on on social media or let's say on online platforms just we, we must find a way of how to monetize such content and 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 be able to create a revenue to uh, to 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 survive i agree i think the balls in our court after all and this world press freedom day really provides us with the opportunity to introspect to think about the things to celebrate yeah. right the wonderful things that journalism has done in the world and let's face it it has yeah. but also to look very critically at our, at ourselves Definitely, as yes. we map a sustainable way forward and bring back the trust of the people. Right. Thank you both so much for joining us for this podcast and I hope we can continue the discussion at some point in the future. Thank you Gwen for the platform. Thank you. That's right Gwen we do appreciate. Thank you both.